Hello, greetings and salutations. Welcome to the show that looks back on albums, movies and video games to ask anyone for seconds. I'm your host, Dave. It's been a while since we've done a regular episode, hasn't it? Should we just go ahead and dive on in without the needless preamble and such? Okay, then. What are we covering this week? Well, it's a somewhat obscure one that was indeed a first listen on my behalf. Without further ado, let me introduce you to the band, Ethel Duath, and their 2009 album, Through My Dog's Eyes. Hey, I like dogs. We have your dog. Whoa. Wonder who he belongs to. Sit, boy. Hey, look, he's trained. Shake. Uh-huh. Speak. Hi there. <gasps> Did that dog just say hi there? Oh, yes. Bruh! My name is Doug. I have just met you, and I love you. <laughs> My master made me this collar. He is a good and smart master, and he made me this collar so that I may talk. Squirrel! Uh, what? What? Let me just start by saying that this is an album that has been on my radar for a little while now. Every year, for the past few years, record label Earache have a huge Christmas sale. Every year, this album would crop up on a huge reduction. I'm talking $1.99 for a brand new and sealed copy of it. Every year, I would read the promo material and decide against it. Until, I don't know what it was that year, but I finally took the plunge and brought it. It sat in my pile of unplayed stuff until today. And you know what? It's really something. Right, let's do this. It's been a while, but let's fire up the mighty context dump and get this some context. Booyah! Apple Duath, for those not in the know, was a... Okay, deep breath. Italian avant-garde metal hardcore punk band with jazz influences. Whew. The album, Through My Dog's Eyes, was the band's fourth studio album and final album on record label Earache, before going on to sign with Agonia Records in 2011. Through My Dog's Eyes is actually a concept album about, well, the life of a dog. Uh, from the dog's perspective. Did I mention that this album was going to be fucking weird? Well, that genre tag should have warned you, to be fair. And if it didn't, well, more for you. In their media release, guitarist and founding member David Tissot states that I wrote a few short stories and it was really fun for me to imagine myself as a dog and to imagine the world from a dog's perspective. I mean, whatever floats your boat, you do you, my man. The band recorded the majority of the album in the Outer Sound Studios in Rome from July to August 2008. I tried to find out what other bands had recorded there, but sadly, I had no joy. Aside from a few small independent bands, there wasn't really anything of note. The drums for the album were actually recorded by Marco Miniman at the home base Seaco Studio in Imperial Beach, California, before the rest of the band. Not sure why it happened that way, but if it works, it works. The album artwork, depicting a dilapidated town, was put together by Selden Hunt. Hunt is well known for his work with experimental metalers Sun-O and Japanese psychedelic rock band Acid Mother's Temple. Yeah, I've got no idea either. The album was released the following year on January 26th, 2009 to somewhat positive reviews. 
The album does not feature on review aggregator website Metacritic, so sadly, we don't have an average score. However, I did do some homework and scoured all over the internet to find you some pull quotes from the reviews I could find. Don't I spoil you, my lovely listeners? Allmusic.com gave the album 3.5 out of 5, stating, Misinformed extreme metal fans expecting the usual sensory overkill from Through My Dog's Eyes will probably think F. Juaf are literally barking mad, but open-minded explorers will likely feel that it is quite simply the dog's bollocks. I see what you did there, all music. That's, that's, that's... Oh, you clever people. Thrashhits.com gave the album 4 out of 6. I I don't get that score either. Something to do with 6 or 6, presumably. Why out of 6? Why not 5? Or 10? Uh, anyway, they said that the album is intriguing, challenging, and often quite exciting. That has to stand for something. Rockfreaks.net has my personal favourite review. They gave the album 1 out of 10 before launching into a whole tirade about how their review copy of the album contains some form of copy protection and a long beep is heard every 30 seconds. Finally, Rock Sound magazine gave the album 9 out of 10, stating that, through my dog's eyes, that even though Luciano George LaRusso had quit the band and been replaced by professional poker player Guillermo Gonzalez, making this a gamble, but a fantastic record nonetheless. Oh, I may have forgot to mention that earlier. My apologies. Ethel Juaf decided that when their previous singer left, that they would hire a professional poker player as their singer. What? Well, Guillermo Gonzalez does actually have some metal credentials, as he was the lead singer of a band called Mothercare. No, not that shop that used to exist selling baby stuff, but the extreme metal band. Interestingly, the band were hoping to fund future tours via po- playing poker. I have no idea if that came to fruition, but I've got to applaud that ingenious thinking. With the weirdest context dump to date, shall we head into the album and ask, anyone for seconds? Let's grab our collars and leads while begging for walkies and dive right in. So at a very brief 32 minutes long, the album manages to confuse, bewilder and rock in the same amount of time it takes to make a home-cooked meal whether or not that's a good thing is yet to be seen. Track one is called Gift. As always, we must ask, how is it as an opening track to this strange oddity? Well, it sets the scene pretty well, to be fair. The slow drum build-up leading into some dissonant guitar works extremely well before we are met by the screams of, I have a present for you, it's a cat. Yes, it's not exactly big or clever, but hey, it made an impression on me for sure. This track will either make you curious enough to stick with the album, or just confuse you to the point where you want to switch it off. The cries of, are you proud of me, are pretty catchy, and did get stuck in my head for a while afterwards, so that's got to account for something. I have to admit, it's not exactly how I thought I'd imagined the album would start, but then again, it is an album about the life of a dog from the perspective as a dog. Go figure. I personally don't know how you would start an album with a concept like this, but Gift seems like a good way as any. Let's move on to Promenade next. This track seems to be about the dog going for a walk. Yeah, that, that that's what it is. The guitar work in this is a little more eccentric, with a little ascending fluid riff that helps get the excitement of our character building to a crescendo. It's pretty clever, along with a little staccato riff that plays right before the lyrics come in to simulate a dog barking. It's a nice touch. While we're talking guitars, let's talk about the tone. The very low-end heavy, which for me, 
means that a lot of the brightness of higher notes get lost. Due to the bass and the low end feel, it suffers from a slight muddiness in the overall sound. It's not a major thing, but it's something that I certainly picked up while listening to the album. Mind you, I'm not sure if a brighter tone, or at least a more trebly sort of sound, would have helped. Because I guess the guitars are helping to simulate the noises a dog would make. I don't know, it's just a thought I had during listening. Anyway, getting back to the point, I rather like this track. It's not catchy per se, but it gets the job done. Track three is called Breed. In this, we are met with the notion of a dog attacking something. Maybe the cat from track one. I don't bloody know. I'm trying to make sense of this like everyone else, all right? Anyway, we're met with some lovely electronic wailing on this, which is nice. I'm always up for a little bit of electronic wailing, as it brings something different to the album at this point. Wait, did I say electronic wailing? I definitely meant saxophone. Now, I had to look this up in the album's liner notes, because the saxophone is almost unrecognisable. It's been heavily affected to the point of me mistaking it for a keyboard. Silly, Dave. That'll teach you to assume. Overall, while it's not as catchy as the first track, the guitar work shines through, and you can really hear the jazz influences clearly on this track, leading to the fast and frenetic ending, leading us nicely into Silent Door. Silent Door, to me anyway, is the lament that our titular dog feels when it's been shut in a room due to the owners having guests over, presumably for a dinner party. Again, I could be wrong, but that's the vibes I get from hearing the lyrics. Then again, we are talking about an album that's all to do with the life of a dog, so at this point, who bloody knows? Anyway, although this is a mid-tempo track yet again, it feels like the drumming has really picked up the pace and make you feel breathless in places. And what drumming it is, Marco Miniman does a fantastic job on this album. There is a reason why he is heralded as one of the world's best and most sought after drummers. He's fluid, keeping a solid beat, even with some nice little flares here and there. While there isn't anything too showy on this track, his mixture of styles showcased on it, from a straightforward rock beat to a more subdued beat that lets the guitars work their magic, is something to be applauded. At this point, we reach halfway, and we get to track 5, Bella Morte. Roughly translated from Italian, Bella Morte means good death. Bella Morte, interestingly, is also a gothic band that was formed in 1996 in Virginia, USA. But I digress. Free guess is what this track is about. No, it's not about the band that was influenced by The Cure. Instead, it's about the titular dog getting old. This track is far more guitar orientated, and it's pretty bloody good. Mind you, some of the guitar work does get lost with that muddy guitar tone. Oh, it just beggars belief that someone approved it because, again, a lot of the intricacies are lost. Such a shame because the playing is exemplary on this track too. Track six is called Nina. I assume this track is about the doggo's owner. I'm not going to lie. The novelty of the album about being a dog's life is starting to wear on me now, especially as lyrics in this song include nuggets such as She brings me presents, biscuits of meat. The entire album is basically Doge speak before Doge was a thing. You know Doge speak, right? Much wow, such grace, many sniffs, that sort of thing. Yeah, that's that's pretty much all the lyrics in the album. That's not to say it's a bad thing. I commend the band and the album for doing something a little bit different. It's just a bit grating after a while. Getting back to my point now, and I'm not really liking this track. Again, it's another mid-tempo track, and they all seem to blend into one at this point. The guitars again doing their thing, and the drums are doing their thing. It's just 
Fine. Guardian is track seven. This one evokes the dog being the master of the house, ultimate protector of the home. This is a standout track. The guitar overdubs on this make it a cut above the rest, giving a sense of a semblance of, well, a song, actually. There's almost a melody with those overdubs and give it a little bit more of a flavour from the rest of the album. Not only that, but the vocal delivery on this is pretty good as well. Definitely seek out this track. We're on the home straight now as we head into spider-shaped leaves. For me, it's about the dog's foray into a park and seeing autumn, or fall, for our American listeners, for the first time, staring at the withered leaves and pondering what has happened to them. This may be a little bit too deep, but that's certainly the sense I got from them. At 4 minutes 56 seconds, this is the album's longest track, and it certainly doesn't outstay its welcome, with the winding instrumental intro leading a full-on attack with screaming vocals. It's a powerhouse of a performance by the band. Definitely another key track to look out for. After that, we reach the grand finale, track 9, Bark Loud. No vocals this time, it's a pure instrumental. Now this is an absolutely phenomenal track. The band again, harnessing their talents and gelling together to carve out this slice of instrumental gold. This track even features guest programming from Ben Weinemann, most well known for being the founder and lead guitarist of the Metal Maniacs known as the Dillinger Escape Plan. With glitches here and there throughout the track, I can see why they're there. It's just that, well, I hate to say it, but were they actually needed? Again, it's a nice little texture that's added to this instrumental track, but I don't think they'd be missed if they were there. Forgetting about all that though, you want to know how this lands as a final track now, don't you? Well, I gotta say for the first time in a few music episodes, Bark Loud finishes the album with a pretty strong ending. There's enough energy and power in the music to really drive home the finality of the album, and that's no mean feat. To think that this weird experimental album could have limped off like a dog with a hurt paw, but it doesn't, is truly impressive. And with that, we're done with Through My Dog's Eyes. Dave, be honest, how did you find it? Well, it's hard to quantify, to be honest. This is a real double-edged blade. You're either going to love it or you're really, really going to hate it. Sadly, I'm sat in the middle and I can't decide where I fall, thus undoing the brilliant metaphor I just composed. On the one hand, it's a truly unique album with a truly bonkers concept, exceptional artistry and real avant-garde thinking. On the other hand, it's a bloody weird jazz metal thing about a dog's life. For me, though, I'm glad to experience it and honestly... I'll probably re-listen to it. I feel like this album will grow on me with repeated listens. It's not going to be for everyone, granted, but it's certainly not the worst thing I've ever heard. While yes, some of the album's more maddening choices, like the muddy guitar tone irritate me, and electronic moments that don't make a total amount of sense. It's not an album that can be easily written off, simply due to the fact that the artistry and technical ability of the musicians involved is jaw-dropping. There were some moments that I was swept away in the guitar work and the drums, and the concept, it just clicked. However, I must admit that the novelty of, essentially, a dog's life can wear a little bit thin and ultimately drag the album down, making 33 minutes sound even longer. If you do fancy something a bit different, Give it a go. You may just find your new favourite band. And on top of that, you may find your new favourite album. Thanks once again for listening. Do you agree? Disagree? Do you think cats are better than dogs? 
Do you think dogs are smarter than cats? Let me know. Get in touch. We're on Twitter as at anyone podcast. We're also on Facebook. Just search for anyone for seconds podcast and you will find us. Longer considerations can be sent via email to anyone for seconds at gmail.com. Don't forget to leave a like rating review on your podcast platform of choice because we are pretty much everywhere and it will help us grow this lovely little podcast. I am going to leave you with the full review from rockfreaks.net. Thanks again. Stay safe. You got this. Based on a quick listen, Ethel Duoth's newest opus Through My Dog's Eyes sounds like it could be pretty cool with the significant jazz element integrated into their brand of progressive metal. However, there's no way I can judge and review a record when just about every 30 seconds the music fades out completely and is replaced by an incredibly frustrating and annoying beep blasting for a couple of seconds. This is the most annoying copy protection slash anti-piracy measure I've ever come across and I desist it so much that I refuse to review a record that contains it. The other alternative would be to download the record from an illegal source nice anti-piracy where it's found in an original version. But really, when I receive a promo for review, I shouldn't have to do that. Basically. Fuck you, Eric. This is so stupid it's beyond words. I refuse to listen or review any record with a beep ruining the music. If you want a real review, send me a real album in return. One out of ten. Again, I could be wrong, but that's the vibes I get from hearing the lyrics. So at this point, who bloody knows? Tootie. Can I help you, sunshine? Look out the window. Yeah? I know you get a bit jealous because I'm talking about a dog, but, you know. Chill your boots, yeah? It's going to be the third time I read it because you've... you've, you've... So, mate, come on.